0: A good song. You know, it was sad about that song. stand we're going to read here in a minute, but you know, what's kind of sad about that. I looked up unknown. We don't know who wrote that song. Well, I'll tell you what, that guy should have put his name down on that one. huh? And I don't know what it was. I don't know if there's somewhere else you can find out, but evidently no one unknown, the author of the song or the music of the song who put that together. But I'll tell you what, I think the Lord did. Amen. That was a blessing. Well, book of Jonah tonight, it's one of those books that sometimes you like thumbing through. I know I've done it before, too, but trying to figure out where it's at. It's in the Old Testament. If you start at the end of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi and count eight books back, you'll get to it. If you can find the book of Daniel, that's a pretty well-known book. You find the book of Daniel, then you go to Hosea and Joel, Amos, Andy, no, Amos, and then Obadiah, all right? Remember the old, was it Amos and Andy? Weren't they comics or something like that? But anyways... So there's Jonah. So I've helped you all I can other than go and turn the page for you. And, uh, but there it is, the book of Jonah. Everybody knows the story of Jonah. And let's look at verses 1 through 4 now, all right? I'll read verse 1. Join me on 2, so on through verse number 4. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come upon But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so the ship was like to be broken. You know, it's quite a story here. But I believe that tonight we're going to see some lessons from the from Jonah uh, this morning. Seth had uh, his Sunday school lesson on the book of Jonah, and uh, and so we have now. We're going to try to correct everything that he mistaught, and uh, but uh, we're, we're going to give you something else about. It. Evidently, the Lord wanted us to know about Jonah, because we don't collaborate, you know, I, I use the King James Bible and he uses something else. We don't collaborate. But uh, I, it's something how God put it, put it together there. Evidently, we need a double dose of Jonah. And uh, let's ask the Lord to bless now. Father, thank you again uh, for the opportunity to be in church this evening. Lord, I uh, can't think a better place for us to be on Sunday night, uh, be in church and, and uh, to hear the singing. Lord, the, Lord, these old songs. I think of the saints of old have been blessed as they sang them in the old churches years ago. And Lord, here we are in 2023, still singing those old songs and still being blessed. We thank you for it. Lord, bless and help us now as we look to the Word of God. An old book, an old story, but Lord, some great truths for us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Probably most everybody knows the story of Jonah and the whale. I would have to say probably most lost people even know it. People are not saved. They hear it, They may not believe it, but, you know, that's, that's what it's a prerogative. They want to believe it. They could just be in the dark about it. But uh, most everybody knows the story saved and lost people. And uh, sometimes the skeptics, they like to point out and say, well, you know, when you, when you talk about it, and I've already said it, it was Jonah and the whale. And uh, the skeptics they put out point out, well, you know, the Bible says in the book of Jonah that God created a, a great fish. And, uh, and I believe that God created a great fish uh, for that thing. I don't have any doubt with that. Uh, I believe that that was a great fish. And I know, and then what they'll do is they'll say, well, scientists say that a whale is not a fish, it is a marine mammal. Now, you know, I don't have a problem with that. They want to say that. That's all right. But, you know, what? I'm not really too keen on scientists because they said they, they believe in evolution. You know, they believe monkeys became men, you know, which makes really them sound like a monkey. And uh, but, uh, they, you know, I, I don't care what the scientists, but I care what Jesus says. I care what the Bible says. And Jesus said in the book of Matthew, chapter 12 and verse number 40, he said, for as Jonas was three days and that Jonas was Jonah, I'm talking about Jonah there. And Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. If you look back, you find out that was the Lord Jesus Christ saying that. The Lord said it was a whale's belly, so I believe it was a whale. And so you're not wrong if you teach it, you say, well, it's a whale. You're not wrong if you say a great fish, because a great fish is a whale, all right? A whale is a great fish. But the thing is that God created it for that situation, And, uh, and so there he was for three days and three nights and inside that, that, the belly of that whale. And, uh, and I have no problem with that because I believe that God is without, uh, any, any sin and and God is never makes a mistake. And if God said it was a whale, it was whale. that's all there is to it. Case closed. But, uh, like I said, most everyone probably knows the story. Uh, but it's more than, more than a story. I believe what it is, it's a A a, a group of lessons for us as God's people. Uh, It's a story from way long time ago. Uh, uh, Look in my notes here; it says uh, from around 862 BC. That's a long time ago, but the lessons are up to date today. That's something about the Bible. I've heard people say this before: the Bible is more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper. I mean, it just—it's got it all right. Uh, you know, you, you look at prophecy, we see it happening, you know, people say, oh, I ain't going to ever happen. And it does. And we see it happening. And, uh, I'm looking forward to a few more things happening in, in this old world too. And the Lord has said that it's going to take place, but we all know the story and, and, and I'm afraid that sometimes we take a little story like this and we, and, uh, and I say little story, uh, I think it's just a little book in the Bible here, but an important one. But uh, we look at a story like this and we think, well, you know, that's just for kids. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I wish more kids knew the truths of this story. And I, I want kids to know it. And our children ought to know this story. But it's not just for kids. It's for us adults too. You know, I'm not, I'm not teaching junior church right now. I'm, I'm preaching to everybody tonight that can learn from a story that many times is done in junior church. I'm glad that I was in a junior church that I learned about it. I'm glad I was in Sunday school class. I'm glad the preacher preached about it, and tonight we're hearing about it again, as you did, you folks in Seth's class got to hear about it this morning here. But I believe it's something we can learn from today. Let's not look at it as just a child's story, but as a story that God has given to us to teach us something for our Christian lives I look, at, I look at this, and I find there's several different truths that I want us to kind of point out. I don't think it'll be real long, but I've thought that before, and it didn't work out that way. But I, I have just a few things I'd like to share with you about it. But one of the first things that, that I think is so important about this story is this. There was a call. There was a call on Jonah to do something. And uh, I, I believe, look at, look at verse number one. Now, the word of the Lord. Now, that's important there to think about this. Who was it that came to Jonah? The Lord did. The Lord came to him. The word of the Lord came to Jonah and, and, and the son of Amittai saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Uh, God was giving the call to Jonah. Uh, Jonah, uh, he, he, God said to him, said, listen, this is what I want you to do. So he gave him the call what to do. I believe, I believe this. I believe God gives everybody a call. I believe we all have a call. And and, and here's the thing. If we get a call, we need to answer it. You know, I mean, it's sad that we'll run to answer the telemarketers call. We'll be running to answer the call of the Lord. When the Lord speaks to us about things, answering that call. But I believe that God gives a call to every Christian. In fact, I believe that he calls everybody to be saved. Now, did I say that everyone's going to get saved? No, I never said that. I believe that most people will not get saved. A lot of people have religion. Talked to a Catholic lady last yesterday, uh, soul wedding. And uh, I asked her if she died, she'd go to heaven. She said, well, I think I would. I said, well, let me, let me ask you why. Why do you believe you'd go to heaven? She said, because I've really been good. I said, well, you know, I'm glad you're good. And, uh, you know, I, well, actually, I had two ladies that said this. And the one, she had this big dog. And I said, well, I really believe you are because if you weren't, you would have sicked your dog on us she was, I'm glad she was good about that, but I, I, and then this other Catholic lady was, that lady didn't go to church anywhere, and the Catholic lady, she said to me, she said, well, I just, you know, I believe I'm good, and I, I began talking to her, and I said, but you know, we're all sinners, she says, oh yes, I know that, I'm thinking, okay, and we go, we're trying to get that area and talk to her about being sinners, and she said, yeah, but, and I said, and Jesus died for our sins, she goes, oh yeah, she says, but you know what, you just, I mean, you just, you just do the best you can. And you know what? God is merciful. God is merciful, but it didn't say the way of heaven is doing the best you can. Jesus said so clearly, ye must be born again. Jesus said that. And, 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 and so I, I, I think about, you know, that, that God wants everybody to be saved. But most people, will not go listen, everybody that's trusting their works will die and go to hell. You say, you can't say that. I just did, and I can, because according to the Bible, that's what happens. The Bible says there's, a, there's, two, there's, there's two roads. One leads to eternal life. One leads to eternal destruction. The way to eternal life is a narrow way. Few there be that find it. But there's a broad way that leads to destruction. And then what happens, there's many on that road. You, know, it, it, you, don't, you, don't, you understand that when you go out and knock on doors. Because you find out what, and you and you just just you don't even have to knock on the door. Just ask people, say, hey, what do you believe to take you to heaven? You listen to what they have to say. They've got all kinds of reasons. But God wants the call is this. God says, I want you to be saved. That call has to be answered. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter 3, verse number nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That lady said to me, she said, well, you know, God, God is merciful. I said, he is, but you've got to be trusting in him and him alone for salvation. She has this idea. Since Jesus died on the cross, everybody's going to heaven. He paid the price, but you've got to accept the price and accept him as your savior. But God really, what's he want? He's not willing and he should perish. God's saying this. In fact, what did it say in John 3, 16? For God so loved, how much? The world. Jesus died for everybody. But you've got to accept him as your Savior. You say, well, I believe in Jesus. So does the devil. devil believes and trembles. Most people today say, I believe in God, would never tremble about it. But God gives the call. I believe Timothy got a call. Look at First Timothy chapter number 4 with me, please. Keep a place there in, in Jonah. First Timothy chapter number 4, verse 11. I think God was showing Timothy something. He said to, to Timothy in verse number 11, These things command and teach. There's, so there's a call here. He said, Let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading and exhortation to doctrine. You know, he was saying, listen, you know, young, young Timothy, you know, and again, this is an important thing. Young people can serve the Lord too. Amen. There's a call for young people. You know, we have this idea sometimes, well, you know, when we get older, you can start serving God. You know, you girls and you boys on the front row, you all can serve God even right now. You don't have to wait till you're old like your preacher. All right? You don't have to wait till you're, you know, you're, 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 you're old. You, you girls are not, not even your teenager. You don't have to wait till you're teenager. You can serve the Lord now. And I believe they are. Answer the call. And I think about Timothy got the call and God said, don't let them despise your youth now. Now, what was the call? The call was this, be an example. That's what he said. Let no man despise the youth, but be thou an example of all believers. He said, hey, you be an example of all the other believers. Be an example of what a believer's like. You know, we got people all the time today, they're trying to be an example of this and that and the other thing. But we're to be an example of all believers. And so the thing is that when we answer the call, it doesn't mean that God's going to call us all to Nineveh. We're not going to be called there. But God has called us, I can say this, every one of us in this room, God's called us to be an example. If you're saved, you're called to be an example. Answer the call. You know, as a teenager, I began praying, Lord, what would you have me do with my life? And I had my own ideas. You've heard me give testimony of this. I, I've always had my own ideas what I wanted to do. But I, I finally, I, just, I got a conviction. I thought, you know what? God, you saved me. I'm your child. Lord, what do you want me to do? And God gave me the call to, be, to, to preach. And uh, I, I fought with it for a little bit. I wanted to make sure. I didn't want to just do it because other guys were doing it. In our church, we had a big church. We had a lot of fellows that were surrendering to the ministry. And I just I felt compelled to do it, but I didn't want to do it because the other guy did it. And, and we find out that after a while, the, you know, those that were just doing it to go along with everyone else, they kind of panned out. But if it's really a call, you answer the call, and I believe this, the call does not stop. So God, God began to speak to my heart about it, and I, and I finally answered that call. I will say this testimony time right now. I will say the best decision be other than salvation was answering the call that God gave me. Uh, I, you know, it, 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 I, may, I may be a pain to you, but I know this. I'm answering God's call. Maybe he called me to make a pain for you. <laughs> well, God gave me, gave, gave me a call to preach the word of God. I spent my life, my life doing this. I want to, you've heard me say, I tell my wife, I just, I just you know, I, I don't, sometimes I think about retiring, you know, when I'm sick, I think about, you know, maybe I just want to retire, but then I think, but I, I just, I just want to, I want to, I want to keep the, until God, it's like this, God called me to be saved, which he calls us all, he called me to preach, I answer that call, and I think I'm waiting for the next call, come up hither, Amen. It sounds all right. But in the meantime, you're stuck with me. <laughs> I'm going to answer that call. to be a pain to you. But, you know, we're not going to be called to, to, to go to Nineveh, but we'll all, we're all called to be an example. I think about how, how much our kids need examples today, the right kinds of examples. Uh, you know, our kids, our grandkids, you know, if we have kids and grandkids, which is a lot of us in this room here, that ought to make us straighten up. Because we're an example, I want the kids to follow us, you know, and uh, and we've got to give them an example of it. And I think it's kind of no wonder our youth is such a mess today is because they have made they have taken on the wrong. They've watched the wrong examples. They watched Dad come home and drinking his liquor. They watched Mom not taking care of the kids, not had not enough to get 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 the kids up on Sunday and take them to church. I said, take them to church. I'm glad people send their kids, but I'll tell you what, you take your kids. We wonder what's happened to the youth in America, and I think here's what happened. The the youth of America began to look at the movie stars. There's not a movie star. I'm telling you, there's not a movie star worth following. You say, well, you know, so and so. they're, They're a movie star, but they're a Christian movie star. I don't know if you can be that. I have a real problem with it. I don't believe you're a good Christian if you're a movie star. And we look at, you know, sports guys. Well, they're, good, they're good Christians. Uh, wait a minute, don't they play all the games on Sunday and isn't Sunday church day? And good Christians go to ball games or church. Let's think about this. Right? I mean, it's just—I mean, it's just the, the crazy thinking today, and so our kids—what they—they they, they have the—they have the movie stars, the sports stars, and the and, and 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 the music stars. I'm telling you, what you talk about a bunch of weird people in the music industry. I mean, just way out there. And and, and what happens? Kids look at that and they, they follow these 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 musicians today. You know, you know, you know these these kids up here need to be following me and you. That means we need to be an example to them. I want them to look and say, you know what? Somebody in the church is my hero. You know, I'm not looking for us to say, well, I want to be a hero and I'll be jealous of someone else. The hero. No, no, no. I'm saying this. We ought to be an example to the kids that they might say, you know what? I want to grow up and be like that someday. I want these little girls to find some ladies in this church here and say, you know what? Those are some fine Christian ladies. That's the kind of lady I want to be someday. And these guys to see some men and say, you know what? That's the kind of man I want to be. I want to be a man that will stand up for the Lord. And we need to give them some examples because God's given a call. Jonah was given a call to go to Nineveh. Again, our call is not that, but our call is to be an example. No wonder our kids are a mess today because we push them to make money rather than surrender to God. I'm not against making money. I mean, if you have too much, you let me know. I'll take it off your hands. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, you know, I'm not against money, but I'll tell you what, there's something more better than money. You know what? I mean, you know, you thank the Lord for all the money you have. And you, and I understand, you know, it's nice to be able to buy some things. But I'll tell you what, how nice it is to know you're following God's will. And you're influencing other people. What a blessing it is. You know, I don't believe money ought to determine our call. Some preachers today, they want to know what their package is before they go to the church. I didn't, I, I guess I was just dumb. I didn't know you asked for a package. <laughs> I fear if I wanted a package, I would order something from Amazon. Amen. They went, what's my package? <laughs> I don't know what a package is. Just just come. When we came, you know, you know, you know well, most of you weren't here when we started. When we came to Pennsylvania here, we came to start this church. There was no, we did not talk about any salary whatsoever. My dad said, how much are you going to make? I said, dad, I have no idea. I said said, haven't they talked to you about it? I said, no. He said, you're moving your family and going out there to start a church. You have no idea of what finances? I said, no, but I know God does. God taught me something that you can live on a little bit. And I thank the Lord. It took a while. And, you know, and, and, and we didn't have too much. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade it. Now, you can't take the raise you gave me back. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you cannot do that. I've gotten over it. Amen. <laughs> But, but, but the thing is, you know, I, I mean, it, it's a shame that, that, that a person would put a dollar sign on a call. You know, a man ought to say, is this where God wants me to be? Whether it be a good pay, pay, uh, pay salary or, or not. It ought to be, is this where God wants me to be? Because I believe this, God will take better care of you where you're supposed to be than where you're trying to take care of yourself where you ought not be. There's a call to be an example. God wants us to serve him because other people are watching us I was talking about in Sunday school my Sunday school class we didn't talk about the yucky stuff you talked about Seth (laughs) you say what was he talking about yucky well it's what the the whale did you know backslidden preachers make you sick (laughs) amen so we won't get into the you know what but you know you know, sad, the sad thing is that, um, as an example, we need to uh, uh, be serving the Lord because others are watching. I was saying about Sunday school, that's where I was at. My Sunday school class, the Apostle Paul, that was one of the big things about him. It was an example. He didn't try to hurt the people. He loved the people, and he tried to help them and was an example to them, an example. I talked to a woman the, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't show when and she said, uh, I asked her, I said, do you go to church anywhere? She goes, no. She goes, I used to a long time ago, but I don't go anywhere. And uh, I asked her if she was saved. I, I can't remember if she said she was or not. And uh, I, I'm just not sure. But I said about church, she says, but I haven't been in church. I'm not really interested. I'm not going to church. I said, why? What, what, what's the reason why? She said, my mom was a secretary in the church. And some things went on in that church. And I will never go to church again. I don't know if she has any kids or not, but you know what that means for her kids? Bad. I don't know if she has husband or not, but that, I'll tell you what that is. That's a bad wife. Bad girlfriend, whatever it is. You see see what happened, though. You know, and, and I said She has no excuse. But the thing is, it did get her. The example. You say, well, preacher, but I got hurt. Well, who doesn't? Anybody here never been hurt before? You get our feelings hurt, right? Sure we do. Uh, we, get, we get hurt sometimes, and but but here's the thing. We need to be an example of how a Christian ought to act when we get hurt. Yeah. I've seen people stomp out of church. Get mad. Stomp. I had a man one time got so mad, he just he got mad, he yelled at me and yelled at the other fellow, and man, he stomped down those steps, jumped in his car and took off, and his wife was still here. I'm like, don't leave her with us. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) Oh, man, the stories I could tell. (laughs) You say, preach, you get hurt? Well, yeah, we get hurt. But here's the thing. How do we react when we get hurt? An example. I think about, you know, Peter. He messed up, didn't he? Lord, I'll, I'll follow you everywhere. I'll die for you that's good. And then what happens? They arrest Jesus and he goes, he warms himself by the fire and he says, he said, you're with him, aren't you? No, no, I'm not one of them. He lied. He denied the Lord. I wonder why, why was he willing to do that? I think because he didn't want to be embarrassed. Maybe he didn't want anybody laughing at him. So he goes, I'm not with him. What happened? Then he got found out, the cock crow, and he realized what he did, and he just began to cry and he ran away. He almost, now think about this, he almost messed up the rest of his life that day by that situation. You know, I began to think, wonder what would happened if, because you know, you, know, you know what did happen then after that? He went off, and then he said, You know what? I go fishing. I'm going to fishing. That was the job he had before the call. Thought, you know what, I'm just going gonna, gonna to hang up this call, if you will, and I'm going to go back to my old way, and I'll live that way. And so he, he says, I go fishing again. He had, I think he had in his mind, I'm just going to go back to the way it was. you imagine everybody watching and saying, yeah, I thought it was real to this guy. And then what happened, the Lord came along. I'm glad God doesn't give up on us. God came to him and said you love me Peter Lord you know I do and I believe he did I really believe he did now think about this because he got hurt because of the embarrassment of his backsliddenness if he had just quit there would have been no Pentecost thousands of people would have not heard the gospel see how important your example is he said, Preacher, I get hurt. Well, then you just, you just get over it. He said, Well, nothing makes it better. Well, you know, probably not, but it's like, you know, you got a wound. Don't keep picking at it, it'll never heal. The call to preach the gospel. That's what Jonah's call was to preach the gospel. And he said in, in Jonah chapter 3 and verse number 2. It says, if you want to turn over there, you can. I'll read it to you, though. It says, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. He said, Listen, Jonah, I want you to go. Finally, you got here, but I want you to go, and I want you to preach to these people what I tell you to preach. You know, the, the world has its own ideas, but what the world needs today is Preaching. I think, Seth, you said that was it this evening. said the world is looking for what we have. But they don't even know what they're looking for. But we have it. Amen. But we have it. I think there's a great need for more missionaries. Amen. There's a great need for more missionaries. There's a great need for more pastors. There's a great need for more evangelists and more Christians to preach the gospel. Somebody's got to tell them. I think, you know, as we, as we go out, so when I find out, there evidently is not very many people preaching the gospel. Because so many people have no clue on how to go to heaven. We could ask ourselves, you know, even tonight, we could, let's put a time limit on this here. Let's put a time thing on it. Uh, you know, within the last month, how many people got the gospel From you. From you each and every person in this room kids adults teenagers how many people got the gospel from you we've been called i'm not trying to embarrass you or make you mad or anything like this but maybe that will help us wake up and say you know what i didn't get i'm talking about you know what that means. be giving the gospel give a tract to someone speak up Talk to someone about the Lord. The Lord puts situations in your life. God's given you the call where, where you can talk to someone about the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a call. But then, secondly, there was the disobedience. Look at verse number three. But Jonah, and this is chapter one, but Jonah rose up to flee. Yeah, wrong thing, bud, wrong thing. Flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> I mean, how stupid can you be? To try to flee from the presence of the Lord, it don't happen. It's not going to happen. But he tried and went down. Well, that's the direction you go to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarsus, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them. Well, notice this he had a crowd going the wrong way, and he joined that crowd unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Jonah thought he could run from God. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't. You can't. You've heard me tell the story that that one day I smarted off my dad. My dad said, come here, and I ran. And I thought, surely I could outrun this older man. Until his big hand caught me on my shoulder and turned me around. And took his other hand and began to pat me on my, well, you know where. All the way back to the house. Can't run from dad, I found out. And I know this for sure you can't run from God. You can't run, you can't hide. God never lost track of Jonah. God knew exactly where Jonah was, didn't he? He was on that ship. Jonah saying, I'm fleeing from the presence of the Lord. The Lord said, you're not fleeing my, from my presence. I'm all-knowing. I know everything. I'm everywhere. I see you. You know, I can, I can, I can imagine, you know, he's right there. He, he's saying, Jonah, I see you in this ship right now. I see you going to lay down and take a nap. He did see him, didn't he? But he was disobeying. You know, I think about it tonight. God knows where you are, too. God knows where you are in his will. He knows where you are when you're out of his will. God knows. He tried fleeing. He went down to Joppa. I made reference to that. That's the only direction you go when you try to flee from the Lord. You go down. And then the other statement there, I'm sure I've heard it many times mentioned there, so he paid the fare thereof. It'll always cost you. It's not a free ride. So I'm just not going to do what the Lord wants. Be willing to pay the price. You know, moms and dads say, well, you know what, I'll tell you what, I just, I just need to make more money. And, you know, the kids, we'll just, we're just not going to be able to be in church all the time. You'll pay the price. You'll pay the price. He went down into the ship. It just kind of reminds me of this. When you start fleeing, that's the only direction you go is down, 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 down. And so he headed to Tarsus trying to get away from the presence of the Lord. Simply put, it was this. He was, trying, he was just being disobedient because God said, go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. Don't ever think disobeying the Lord will be that things will be okay because there's always consequences. There's always. Did you hear that? Always consequences when we decide to not do what God says. You know, disobedience just brings that. And uh, sometimes you have this idea, well, I think, you know, I'll disobey God and everything will be all right. And you know what? It might be for a while. But be sure your sin will find you out, the Bible says. You say, well, preacher, I just don't like the consequences. Okay? have got a good way to help you. Don't disobey. Amen. That's easy enough, isn't it? You don't want the consequences? Don't do it. As, as, as teenagers, they go, I don't want to get grounded. And mom would say this, then do what I say. Don't, don't, don't lip off. Don't, don't smart off. Just do what I say and you won't be grounded. You know, even, even smaller, you know, we got mom say, all right, you stay in here. you stay staying in the house right now. You're not going to go outside and play because we did something wrong. I know that surprises you, but we did something wrong. And so mom said, you can't go outside. There was consequences for it. You know, do you know what? Th- think about this. We are seeing big time in our cities in America That's truth. No consequences for crime. And what happens? Someone gets in there and go, oh, man, you shouldn't have beat that guy with a bottle in the head. But, hey, just go on now. Be good now. You know, no consequences. They go out and do it again. They were like, why do we have so much repeat stuff going on? Because there's no consequences. No one's afraid of the consequences. I wish people would wake up. Amen. People sometimes blame the Lord for the consequences, but the Lord warns us. But it's you, me that decide to do our own thing. That's exactly what Jonah did. Jonah didn't go to anybody and say, "Well, you know." know, Jonah didn't go to some preacher and said, "Preacher, what do you think I ought to do?" No, you you know, he said, "He said, you know, I'm the boss. It's my life. I'll do whatever I want." Okay, go ahead, Jonah. I well. I'll get on this nice ship here and I'll be all right. Consequences. I'm sure he gets on the ship and he goes, where's the consequences? I mean, they even had a place for him to go take a nap, didn't they? <laughs> this is great. I don't have to go to that city of Nineveh. I don't want to. And I can just do whatever I want to. I'm an adult. I can do it. You know, some of the most miserable Christians in the world are disobedient Christians. Now, here's the thing: at first, it may seem fine. You know, you get into sin, maybe you just drop out of church, you know, and you go, "Man, you know, that's all right. I mean, I'm okay. I feel guilty the first time, but then I don't feel so guilty the next time, and the next time, even better yet. And I'm like, you know, but look at all the look at the family time we have together now. All these different excuses we give, but you know, it may seem fine at first, and and I think it did with with. With, with, with Jonah, because where, where do we find him in verse number five? Then the mariners were afraid. Now, now, back up to verse four. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so the ship was like to be broken. So what happens? There's a great wind, and, and the storm comes. It's about to break apart. And then it's like, where's, that, where's old Jonah at? Verse five. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. Notice that little G. Save your breath, bud. They were crying out to some gods that were not real and cast forth the wares that were in the ship. I'm telling you what, it really cost them too, didn't it? Because that backslidden man were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone, there's that word again, down into the sides of the ship and he lay and he was what? Fast asleep. I mean, I, I believe that means there. He was sound asleep. You know, you're sound asleep if you're comfortable. Right? You're just as comfortable as can be. You're sound asleep. You're late, fellas, you know, your wife's shaking. Wake up, wake up. Or you're trying to wake your wife up or the kid's up. And, you know, they're, they're taking their nap or in the morning trying to get them ready for school. They're just sound asleep. I think that's the way he was. How could he be, a sound, how could he be sound asleep? He was comfortable. He got down in that ship, curled up. And I mean, it was almost like a church pew. Hey, Amen. I look around the room; it reminds me of it. <laughs> he curls up in that church pew downstairs, down in the bottom of that ship, and he's he's sound asleep. Yeah, I can imagine they wake going and say, "There's a storm out there." He goes, "Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay." Man, he is just a few moments away from being swallowed by that big old fish. Now, I like fishing, but I'm really not a fan of the smell of fish. I'm not a fan of the guts of fish. Amen? I mean, I'll gut them. I don't have any problem with it. I'll gut them, and, and that, but I'm just not a fan of it. I don't want, I'm not hanging guts on my wall. I don't like it. Well, Jonah, he fell fast asleep, but he's about ready to meet the guts of a fish. But it sure sounds to me like he was comfortable in that ship. You know, I wonder if maybe he thought, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. I just lay here. Oh, I could almost see him with his arms behind his head like this This is so nice. Those men are up there taking care of everything. and ah, His eyes get heavy. And off to sleep he goes. But God's preparing something for him. And not a fish dinner. He was going to be the dinner, wasn't he? (laughs) Just thought about that. That's a good one. Came up in my mind. He thought it would be all right. But you see, when you disobey the Lord, you lose the blessings and the rewards. Sometimes people, what they do, they disobey the Lord, and then they begin to complain. They look at someone else as being blessed and go, man, that's not fair. Don't disobey God. Don't disobey God. So there was the call. There was the disobedience. And then thirdly, I only got three points, so we're here. There was the obedience. Look at chapter number 3, verse 3. And we'll back up to verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. I'm glad the Lord spoke again, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it in the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah rose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, understand, we just skipped something, didn't we? Jonah had been cast over the side. God created that great fish and swallowed him up. Jonah went down into the, into the belly of that, that, that whale, and, and uh, I, I think about, you know, uh, let, let's see. Go, go to chapter 1, verse 17. 1, last verse of verse, chapter 1. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, you know, three days three nights might not seem too long, but you're in the belly of a fish. That was an eternity. Verse, verse 1 of chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. You know what? Jonah could have been on his way to Nineveh praying for God's power, and here he is in the belly of that fish praying, God help me. And he said, verse 2 I cry by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell. Cried I. Thou heardest my voice. Glad God hears our voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas. And the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Here's the guy that was sleeping in the boat. When things changed fast, didn't they? Then in, in verse number four, and, and then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul, the depth closed around about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with their bars was about me forever, yet hast thou brought, uh, uh, brought up my life from corruption. O Lord, my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto me, into thine holy temple, that the observed lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay, I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is the Lord. And here's Seth's lesson. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it, there it is, vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. He got out of the fish, but man, was it nasty. He didn't come come out of problems smelling like a rose. Amen? Think about it. What a truth here. You don't mess with sin and say, well, you know what? One day I'll I'll mess with it, and then one day I'll get right, and I'll ask God to forgive me and think that everything is going to smell okay. Everything's going to be fine. Now, he was able to go and preach to Nineveh, I don't know about you, but I, I just have this idea that while he's up there preaching, people's going, what's that smell? And there was some nasty stuff he went through. All because he thought he could run from God. And what did he do? When the Lord came to him the second time in, verse number, in chapter number 3, he went to Nineveh and he preached the, the word of God to them. Look at verse number 10 of chapter number 3. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. You know what? God's, because of the preaching of God's word, God saved those folks. You know? I'm glad that God gave a second chance to Noah, to Jonah. Noah, he was in a different place, wasn't he? But uh, he, gave, he gave old Jonah a second chance. I'm glad God does that. Now, now he, he got all upset about it, and that's a whole other message. You don't have time for it tonight. But you know what? There's a whole lot of people in Nineveh that got to hear the truth. Because finally a man said, I'll, I'll obey you, God. But he went the hard way about it, didn't he? <laughs> he went the long way around. where he could have went... And and preached to those folks right away, straightway, and God's power been upon them. But he tried to run. I thought, you know, obedience finally happened in his life, and obedience brings the blessings. You know, we can get right with God and get the blessings again in our life too. I said preacher, you know, things aren't going so well. And I understand. You know, even folks in in God's will, things don't always go right. But I believe this: obedience pleases God. I think every parent in this room knows that's true. When a child obeys, it pleases mom and dad. You want to make mom and dad happy? Obey them. Obey them. Say, so, well, I don't understand why. I don't know why I can't stay up till 12 o'clock. Because you've got to get up in the morning and go to school. Well, I don't understand why I have to go to school. Because you're dumb. <laughs> Just tell them like it is. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. Even if it's true, don't do that. <laughs> what will happen when we obey the Lord makes them happy. You know, and here's the thing, you can. Oh, you just don't understand, I can't do this, I can't do that. That's a bunch of baloney. You can do what God wants you to do. What could happen if we just would obey I think we know when we go back to the story of Peter, his disobedience brought him to a lot of problems, but when he finally decided to obey, do you think it thrilled his heart when those thousands of people got saved at Pentecost? Where he's talking and people are hearing in their own language. Can you imagine him thinking, I can't believe this is happening. He knew it was the power of God. People were getting saved. Can you imagine the baptismal service he's watching? I'm sure he had lots of people helping him baptize. He's watching these people get baptized, go down in the water and come up, you know, and he's like, man, this is great. And because I got right, I'm able to be here. It could be that I'd be on some fishing boat, gutting some fish, and I am watching souls being saved. What's the song say? It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. What would happen if we would just obey the Lord? I believe the happiest and the best Christian life is living a life that is right with the Lord. And so here's a little story tucked away in the Old Testament. A story that we talk to the kids because they're excited because it's a great fish, a whale. But how many truths for us tonight that can change our lives? obedient unto the Lord I guarantee you this you'll be glad you did amen let's pray our heavenly father we love you thank you so much for loving us Lord help us to be as your children obedient doing what you say My Lord how many times someone passes by us and Lord you speak to us talk to them give them a track and we're disobedient Maybe some have not answered the call that God's had upon their life to surrender. Lord, I, I believe we, could even, we can surrender to whatever it is, not knowing particularly what it is. Just saying, Lord, I surrender all. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever you want. Here it is. Here's my paper. Here's, here's my signature. Lord, you fill in the blanks. God, help us tonight to be willing to do what you say. Maybe we learn from Jonah not to try to run from you. And Lord, we, we know that sometimes when people run, they'll look and they'll say, man, it's so great. I feel free. And so did Jonah. Did they woke him up and threw him overboard. What a horrible thing happened. Yes, he was usable, but I wonder how many times folks just, if he was like a lot of folks today, he just stayed in that fish's belly for the rest of his life. Just died right there. I'm thankful, Lord, as nasty as it is, what happened so Jonah could go out and preach the word. Thank you for what happened to the people being saved. Now, Lord, help us take these lessons tonight and apply them in our lives. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're not saved. You don't know you're going to heaven. You need to trust the Lord as your Savior. i wonder if to anyone tonight and say, preacher, I don't know I'm going to heaven, but I like to settle that. I want to know I'm going to heaven. Pray for me, preacher. Anyone tonight? Christian tonight? Are you surrendered to the Lord? Are you willing to do his will? Have you answered his call? The call is not for everybody to be a pastor or a missionary, but the call that God's given to us, first of all, to be saved, and then to surrender to his will for your life. Maybe it's to be the best mom you possibly can be. The best dad, the best grandfather, the best grandmother, possibly can be. I'm not saying that give that give the most gifts. I'm talking about the example, the example. Young folks today, tonight, you ought to just say, "God, here's my life. Take my life, whatever you want. I'll do what you say. Surrender to Him. Don't let the world have what God wants." I don't know how God may have spoke tonight to people's hearts, but I believe He does from His Word. Let's answer the call. Now, oh, Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.